Thanks for downloading the ad-supported, amalgamated version of Cubs Pod, brought to you by the Sun Ranto Show and Bleacher Bunch Productions. It's a whole series worth of Cubs Pods released as one episode. For Cubs Pod's daily recaps and previews delivered to your inbox and podcatcher of choice on a daily basis, join Sun Ranto's Patreon campaign for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-o-n-r-a-n-t-o. It's completely ad-free, so you won't waste your time fast-forwarding through stupid ads like this one. Sometimes there can be as many as 11 ads in one show. Please help support independent Cubs podcasting. Otherwise, the only voices you'll hear will be Cubs corporate media approved. It's only $1 a month, not even $0.03 a day. Plus, you get access to the Ranter Discord where awesome Cubs fans like you are talking about the Cubs every single day. It's an awesome community of awesome people. And if you're not a part of it, you're just missing out. Come join the Super Ranters at patreon.com slash sunranto. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Thanks, and now enjoy multiple Cubs pods smashed into one episode with a bunch of stupid ads slapped on it because you refuse to support us at patreon.com slash sunranto and get the daily show. Support us. Now here's Cubs pod. Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod. It's a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. Your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on July the 18th, 2023. The Washington Nationals came to town and they beat the Cubs 7-5 to last night. Not a great start to the second half of this year. Not a great start to this homestand, especially against a last-place team like the Washington Nationals, who, granted, did beat the Cubs three of four in Washington. Uh, Good thing that Johnny didn't bet me uh, on this series. He already owes me his now welching bet of uh, performing a Craigslist job it's at some point. I mean, it's been over a year now that he lost this bet, and he could have gone double or nothing with me, or uh, I don't have to do the bet if I win this because the the Washington Nationals, with their win last night, have just clinched the season series. We got two more games against them. We've only have one win. They've got four. I mean, this shouldn't have happened. This happens sometimes during you know a year where y- you get beat by a team that's worse than you. I'm not sure that the Washington Nationals are worse than the Cubs, though. Either that or we just match up poorly against them. Doesn't matter. The point is we lost. And we lost 7-5. to five. It was Drew Smiley, who just hasn't been good uh, lately, against Mackenzie Gore, who I called Terrence Gore accidentally last night when I was hanging out at Club 400 Wrigleyville with Stuart McVicker and uh, Cody Del Mendo stopped by from uh, the Chuggo podcast. And we were hanging out, having a good time for about half the game. And then guess who comes over? Dan Hickey. Dan Hickey, uh, who was uh, who is the pitching coach uh, Jim Hickey's brother. 
So we were all hanging out um, over there, talking baseball, eating chips, um, drinking a little Malort. Um, There was like some girl who was friends with Ricketts or something who apparently lives on a boat at Montrose Harbor. I'm like, well, how do you manage that? And then we were like, I I think she might be homeless. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can't live on a boat, not be homeless. Anyway, we all ended up, I mean, you're you're boatful, but you are homeless. Uh, Anyway, we all ended up on a rooftop later in the night uh, down the left field corner. Uh, Great view of the ballpark. And just, it was kind of just a fun, uh, we didn't go to the game, but we went to the game. You know what I mean? And that was the, that's the cool thing about Wrigley is that you can do that. You can not go to the actual baseball game and buy a ticket and go inside and still feel like you went to the game without going to it. Um, Even just hanging out at Ballhawk Corner makes you feel like you went to the game or hanging out at a local bar. And watching with people who don't have tickets uh, is kind of like going to the game because you can hear the ballpark right outside. You can feel the energy of the place. And anyway, I had a good time even though I didn't go. So um, it's all about the people you're with, right? So let's talk about this tragic loss. Um, Top of the first. C.J. Abrams right off the bat, hit by a pitch by Smiley. Then he stole second, and I'm like, here we go. But... Smiley, he struck out Lane Thomas, and I was like, oh, okay, well, let's get it back together. But then uh, Jamer Candelario, former Cub, homered, making it two to nothing right off the bat. That ended up being the difference in the game, losing seven to five. Uh, Manessis flew out, Kiebert Ruiz doubled, and Stone Garrett uh, struck out after that. So there was a lot of action in that first inning, wasn't good for the most part except for when you look at it at the end of the inning ooh, smiley got two strikeouts he would have seven in this game which would normally impress people but when you give up five runs it does not impress you in the bottom of the first the cubs went one two three as horner struck out suzuki and hap grounded out in the top of the second the nationals went one two three as dom smith caved for smiley's third strikeout of the game and then uh, Luis Garcia grounded out. Alex Call flew out, and that was the end of that inning. Bottom of the second, Bellinger singled. Gomes walked. Then Morell singles, making it two to one. Cubs climbing back in. Mancini then lined out. Amaya struck out. Wisdom walked and loaded the bases, but Horner grounded out. Oh for five in this game. This was the first of his no no this was i guess his second out of the game he's now 0 for 2 after that ground out really disappointing you had a chance there to climb back in against a pretty good pitcher and you didn't do it sad top of the third well smiley just kept striking out guys abrams and thomas struck out candelario then hit by a pitch for the second hit by pitch of the game and then Manessis grounded out. No damage done. Bottom of the third, Suzuki and Hap strike out. Belly grounded out. One, two, three. Top of the fourth, Kiebert Ruiz walked. Then Stone Garrett doubled. And Dom Smith grounded out, but it scored the run, making it three to one. 
Luis Garcia singled, making it four to one as Stone Garrett then scored. Uh, Morel almost caught that ball too. They had him playing into guard against the run so that if it was on the ground that they would throw home. But the ball was hit in the air and Morel jumped as high as he pretty much could and the ball snow coned off his mitt and just just missed it. So that's a shame because it did score the run and they might have had a double play otherwise if he catches it, if he if they're lingering off the base. But um, then uh, Call sing- struck out. Abrams singled. And then Thomas grounded out to end it. But a lot of traffic yet once again in the fourth. Um, yeah, Smiley just didn't look good. Then in the bottom of the fourth, the Cubs went one, two, three. Do you see the difference? Like, the top of the fourth, I'm like, a walk, a double, a ground out, scored, single, Morel, you know, all this crap happened. And then bottom of the fourth, Gomes, Morel, and Mancini, one, two, three. Yeah, that's the difference. Top of the fifth, Candelario grounded out, Manessis struck out, and then Ruiz singled, but he got picked off. And that was the end of the inning. Bottom of the fifth, Amaya and Wisdom flew out, and Horner struck out for his second strikeout of the game. Top of the sixth, Stone Garrett doubles. Uh, Dom Smith moved him over to third with a ground at. Doesn't that sound familiar? Do you know why it sounds familiar? Because it happened in the fourth inning. The exact same thing. Stone Garrett doubled Dom Smith, moving to third with a ground out. This time, Luis Garcia hit a sack fly. And then uh, Call singled, and uh, well, now it's five to one. Call singled and then stole second, but then uh, it, there was a fly out to end it. I didn't write out, write down who it was for no reason. I don't know why I didn't. It, it's it says Arabs, but I think that's an autocorrect situation, <laughs> and I can't forget. Oh, Abrams, Abrams. I'm like, Arabs? Who's Arabs or Arabs? Arabs flight out to end it. No, it was Abrams. Okay, bottom of the sixth. Suzuki singles. Okay, we're cooking again. And we cooked. Ian Happ from the right side of the plate smoked a ball, a line drive to left field that ended up leaving the park. And uh, it was then five to three. Now, if that ball was a little lower, it probably goes through the wall. It was hit so hard. It got out of here in a hurry. Great to see Hap do something because it's been a while, especially from the power standpoint. Um, th- but right after that, Bellinger struck out, and then Gomes and Morel flew out. Nothing kills a rally like a two-run homer. We're on to the seventh and Daniel Palencia came in for Smiley and got Lane Thomas to ground out. Then Candelario singled. Uh, Manessis then grounded out. At, so you got two outs in the inning. And then Kiebert Ruiz homered to really put the game away. Seven to three. This was also the difference in, in the game. Kiebert Ruiz likes hitting at Wrigley. Good thing he's in a different division. We don't see him but once a year. But uh, he had a two-homer game last year. And Palencia, who throws 100 when he's throwing a fastball, left a slider in the middle of the plate, and it got hammered. And halfway up the bleachers, like, I mean, it it was a no-doubt. 
homer. And I don't say no doubter as if and it was going to leave the stadium, but I think as soon as he hit it, everybody knew in the ballpark that it was gone. Um, at that point, the damage was not done because Garrett singled, and uh, but thank God Dom Smith struck out, and Palencia was able to finish the inning. In the bottom of the seventh, Trey Mancini with a leadoff single. Very nice. Maybe he's coming out of his year-long slump. Amaya then flew out, uh, but uh, Stone Garrett actually made a really nice play on that in foul, foul territory in Bartman land. Um, Peewiz then homered in Mancini. So if you don't give up that Ruiz homer the half inning before, you're in a tie 5-5 five, five game. But instead, it's now 7-5. to five. And it's nice to see Peewiz cracking him, too. Um, maybe he's coming out of it. His three-month-long slump. <laughs> Mason Thompson then came in to replace Mackenzie Gore, or as I called him, Terrence Gore, and got Horner to fly out and Suzuki to line out. Top of the eighth, in comes Mark Leiter Jr. and gets him one, two, three, as he's done so many times this year. Uh, and in the bottom of the eighth, Hap flew out to start it, but then Belly and Gomes singled. And I'm like, oh, all right, tying run on first. Let's get this done. Miles Mastroboni runs for Gomes. Makes complete sense. Let's the tying run. Let's maybe a double can score him from first base. Um, but Morell struck out. They changed pitchers. Kyle Finnegan came in for Thompson. And then uh, Talkman, because they were trying to do the uh, righty-lefty matchup. Ross out there playing those 3D checkers yet once again. Yeah, Talkman hits for Mancini, and they double steal. Now remember, there's two outs. Hap started with the fly out. Morell struck out. So those are your two outs. But you still got, so now you got second and third. And this was an interesting double steal. Uh, a, you know Mastro's going to make it. Belly's a pretty good base runner. Um, but it's still a pretty risky play unless you listen to Cubs Pod and you know, or you watch the Sunranto show and you know what we told you, which actually I don't think we said it because we never got to the defense. But their catchers don't throw out a lot of guys. So knowing that, fact, it was not that risky of a move. I don't think they were expecting it, but you need that tying run with two outs on second because you just have a much better chance of scoring him, especially if it's Miles Mastroboni with just something sing- simple like a single, which you think you can get out of Mike Tockman. And you almost got it because Mike Tockman, he lined out incredibly sharply to center, but it did not fall into the grass and the threat was ended. Not blaming Mike Tockman, blaming the Cubs in general. That's just something we haven't been able to do is come through in big moments. We move on to the ninth inning. Bellinger, uh, he then moves to first base. Tockman goes to center field. Barnhart came in to catch because of all the all the uh, you know double uh, well the basically because one guy pinch ran for another and they didn't play the same position so there it was. Surprised they didn't put Mastroboni in center because they think he can do everything because he's so amazing. 
So, uh, what happened here in the top of the ninth? Well, Merriweather came in for lighter. He got Lane Thomas to strike out. Candelario popped out. Menaces grounded out. So the bullpen did their job. And in the bottom of the ninth, looked like the Cubs were going to rally here as Miguel Amaya with his first single of the game, his first hit of the game, it was a single. And so you got yourself the tying run at the plate. And you got Wisdom, Horner, and Suzuki coming up. Three guys that can all sock it out of the park and uh, tie up the game. But unfortunately, they all struck out. And that was the end of the game, and there was no joy in Mudville. Rough stuff. I mean, you didn't you didn't get starting pitching that allowed you to be in the game. You score five runs, which is pretty good. You hit a couple of homers, not bad. Um, but but in the big moments, you couldn't get the job done, and your starting pitching didn't get the job done to start it. So what you know, you were losing, and you were playing behind the whole time. And you never were able to catch up against the bad team. Pretty frustrating, especially when you looked at this part of the calendar and you and you said, okay, you're facing a, a last-place Red Sox, even though they're good. Um, at least take two or three. You're facing the Nationals. You think you could take two or three at least. You can't do it. Well, you still can do it, but, you know, we're not going to. And then you got the Cardinals, who are terrible, coming to town, but you know we're going to split. So it's going to be a losing homestand. Uh, maybe a 500 homestand, but you needed to win the homestand. Sorry to be so negative about it, but hey, I was born at night, but it was not last night. So that's what I'm looking at here. Uh, Bellinger, two more hits in this game. We're really going to miss him because he's probably the best hitter on the team and he's going to get traded. No doubt in my mind. Of course, we're all talking about this stuff last night together. And... Some people are like, sell, sell, sell. Stewart's that way. Uh, just sell it off. There's no point in trying to keep these guys like because they're not coming back. And so let's just kick the cane down the road and be good in 2026. I, you know, Let's stack the prospects. Let's give us ourselves more of that chance. And then I ask the question, do you trust the Cubs to develop young talent? And then he wasn't quite as sure. <laughs> so... <laughs> Stack all the prospects you want. You can't develop them into something. Uh, what good does it to you? So, uh, yeah, not a great game. Uh, Horner struck out three times, went over five. His OPS is now 6-9-0, which is not nice, but it's nice. Smiley, six innings, pitched five runs on eight hits, seven strikeouts, big freaking deal. We lost. In the next game, it's going to be Patrick Corbin, who is back from having a baby. He was on paternity leave, and uh, maybe he's a little rusty. Maybe he's been up all night, you know, wondering how he's going to be a good father to this child, just worried because he knows he's such a piece of crap. I don't know. I'm making stuff up, but I do know that he's 6-10 and 10 with a 489, and it is the ghost of Patrick Corbin. Now, this dude's been around in the league for so long, and he had a pretty good outing last time against Texas, which is a really good team. He gave up one run on five hits and struck out six, only one walk, and he went seven innings. But that contrasts his start on the 4th of July, where the Cincinnati Reds provided their own fireworks against him, and he gave up six runs on 10 hits. But the time before, against Seattle, also not a terrible team, no runs, five hits, nine strikeouts through seven. So he is capable of these seven-inning outings where he gives up little to nothing, 
and does really well. But he's also old, and he's given up six and seven runs multiple times this year. Which team will the Cubs be? The ones that flail miserably against him? Or will he, he will we be the ones that um, are able to put up seven runs? We shall find out. But uh, let's talk about how the Cubs do against him. Well, uh, there's only one home run against him, and it is Ian Happ. He's 3 for 11 and uh, Cody Ballinger has seen him a lot. He's 5 for 14 with a double and three walks. That is an OPS of 899 altogether. Um, Trey Mancini's batting 308. Uh, Hap, I already mentioned, as the homer. And he also has a double OPS of 970. Nico Horner, maybe he can snap, snap out of his slump. He's 4 for 7 with a double. And a walk. Uh, that's a 571, 625, 714 slash line. And then uh, you you get down into the drags after that. Uh, and you don't see a whole lot. Say a Suzuki, maybe sit him. 0 for 5. <laughs> and he, he kind of stinks. Um, yeah, everybody's seen him. Overall, it's not great. Two slat, Cubs are slashing 248. 319, 352 for a 671 OPS in a one, with 139 total plate appearances. Most of those are Dansby Swanson, who I did not mention because he's not playing. 42 plate appearances against the men does average, not actually below average, 678 OPS. Jamison Tyone, who we will have until 2027. Actually had a good outing last time he went out there against the New York Yankees. Gave up no runs on one hit through eight innings pitched. Let's hope we get that guy. And the Nationals have seen him a little bit, but not as much as you might think, given that uh, Tyone's been around for a while. But guess who hasn't been around for a while? Any of the Nationals. So, uh, Jamer Candelario seen him the most, three for seven with a home run. That's the and uh, Lane Thomas also has a three run home run off of Jamison Tyone. He's only one for one, but it's that big big fly. Uh, so two home runs off of him in only thirty seven at bats. But Corey Dickerson's zero for six. I don't know that we saw him last night. I don't think we did. And uh, maybe he's not even on the team anymore. Dom Smith, go for 0 for 6 against Tyone. That'll get you kicked off any team. Three strikeouts, too. Uh, Dominic Smith, 1 for 4. And then it's a lot of offers from pretty much the rest of the lineup. But it's 0 for 3, 0 for 2, 0 for 1. So not much to see except for Lane Thomas, who has gone deep in the past. So Cubs not giving away anything. Last night they did give away a... a uh, a Hawaiian shirt and I like the style of it, but I was able to touch one last night and it's like wearing a burlap sack. Uh, definitely going to give you a rash probably will. I don't know if it's material you could wash without falling apart. It's just, it's a garbage shirt. It was made from garbage. Uh, honestly, it felt like paper uh, almost that, you know, if you buy one of those uh, scrubs felt like that, Actually, worse than that. Uh, I have the White Sox one because I happened to go to a game where they gave away the uh, their version of a Hawaiian shirt. And it was on like silky material. This was not. 
They're not giving away anything tonight. Tomorrow night is the Ernie Banks bobblehead, which... Go take a look at it. It's a little scary looking. Should have just made it a statue. A little disrespectful to turn Mr. Cub into a bobblehead, especially one that is bronze looking because it looks weird. So, anyhow, there's your Cub Spot. Hope you all have a great day. Let's hope we do end up getting some kind of victory at some point this week because otherwise it's going to be a long, sad week. Do you shop at Amazon? Unfortunately, we all do. So please shop through our links at sunranto.com slash stuff and get us a little money. Doesn't cost you an extra dime, and it gets us a couple of dimes. Here's a song about it. Stuff. Hey, Cubs fans, at amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through sunranto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to sunranto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto Show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the cups and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize. If some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon stuff. of the month, and if you win, we'll send you more sunranto.com slash that address again is sunranto.com slash the It is July 19th, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content, letting you know what's happening in the world of the Chicago Cubs today. This is a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Network. Please add Bleacher Bunch and the Fans First Network to your podcatchers and catch all of the shows. Well, last night... uh, the Cubs kind of just teed off on that bad uh, bullpen that we'd heard about from the Nationals. But this game did not necessarily start out that way. Jamison Tyone gave up a home run in the second batter of this game. Lane Thomas took him deep to uh, left center field. And uh, yeah. It seemed really bad at that moment. Um, and then, you know, but then he, he gets the next two guys, gets out of that inning. It's like, oh, okay, it's, you know, one run, no big deal. But then the Cubs offense does nothing in the first. And then in the second, walk, double, single, just to start the inning. And that scores two runs. Uh, the Nationals are up three to nothing at this point, And 
it feels like Jameson Tyone. It's one of those Jameson Tyone days where it's just going to go crazy. And uh, everybody was calling like, oh, you got to pull him early. You got to, you know, the dude is doesn't have it, all that stuff. And I agreed with them. But uh, luckily, uh, he was able to get it back together. And in the third, he had a one, two, three inning. In the fourth, he had a one, two, well, he had a, a single and then a fly out and then a double play. So he only faced three batters, but it wasn't exactly a one, two, three inning. Um, and then in the fifth, uh, he only faced four. And in the sixth, he got two outs, uh, but you know, also gave up two singles and was looking a little bit on the ropes and got pulled for the last out. And Michael Fulmer came in and got that. So that was Tyone's night. Early on, just home run, giving up a couple more runs, you know, and it looked like it was going to be bad, but he eventually settled in and started pitching okay, and honestly, I don't know, was it the right call to put in Fulmer at that moment with two outs in the six? Maybe. I'm not, I mean, it worked, uh, and the way that, Tyone has pitched in the past and with what he was doing right then yeah I'm not going to complain too much uh the whole you know two out pitcher change is something that sort of rubs me wrong whenever it happens but I mean sometimes you see it and you're just like yeah that that kind of had to happen who knows maybe that's what saved this game because the the Cubs were down three to one at that moment and you know, they bring in Fulmer, he gets the out, they do not score, and then the Cubs are able to tie it up in the six, and they were able to do that because the Cubs didn't give up any runs in the six, so the two runs they scored made it a tie game instead of still trailing, you know? So, I mean, that could have been, as Pat Hughes would say, the turning point, and, you know, maybe David Ross should get a little credit for that. Yes, I'm here to give him a little bit of credit when he does something that seems to be right. I'm, you know, I'm not going to kill the guy all the time. But he made the right call in bringing Fulmer in in that moment. And and honestly, Fulmer stayed in for the seventh inning. Good gosh, he was, uh, he looked good. I mean, he his slider was really breaking and... Uh, he got two strikeouts in the seventh inning. He got the one strikeout in the end of the sixth inning and then a flyout. Uh, but yeah, he just, Michael Fulmer does not always look that good. Sometimes he grinds to get through things. Last night, he just looked good. And now it's kind of time to kill David Ross for his decision with the bullpen. The Michael Fulmer thing, absolutely got to give him credit for that. But then, with the Cubs leading 9-3, to and I will get to the offense here, the Cubs offense went off, right? So that's going to take a lot of time. So I'm going to stick with the pitching here early on. Uh, the Cubs were winning 9-3. to They got a six-run lead. It's the eighth inning, and he brings in Adbert Alzali? Like, Adbert Alzali is one of the better pitchers in your bullpen. He pitches high-leverage situations and you bring him in in a in a very low leverage situation, and honestly, he didn't do great. He he got two strikeouts right away, but then he walked Joey Manessas, uh, Kiebert Ruiz, 
Wow, I didn't know that dude's name was Kiebert. Weird. Uh, Kiebert Ruiz singled, and then Dominic Smith singled. And all of a sudden, you know, he's struggling out there. He did get Corey Dickerson to fly out uh, to Mike Talkman, and that was it. But it, you know, it it was almost like he had uh, he had to get into that high leverage situation. I, I don't know. Bullpen pitchers are tough, but because some of them do well in high leverage and some less well in low leverage, you know, even though it's the same guy, you feel like, ah, they should do the same no matter what, but sometimes it makes a difference. And I think that burning Adbert Ozilai, uh in a blowout game was maybe not the best call, but I don't know, whatever. And then, you know, the same thing happens in the ninth inning. Uh, he brings out, Anthony K, which look, Anthony K is one of those guys that probably does need low leverage situations to get right and maybe feel good, but he is the only left-hander in the pen. And so that makes you a little bit nervous. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat Ross up too much on the Anthony K thing. It, it's more, that's more, I guess, about Jed and the fact that we have no left-handers in our pen really. And, you know, Ross is trying to get a guy out there in a, position where he can't really lose the game at all uh and you know anthony k did okay uh, he got a line out a ground out he did walk one uh but then he he struck out lane thomas who was the nationals only home run hitter so there's that i don't know anthony k looked okay uh, i just didn't know about using your lefty right then but of course now that i'm talking about it it does seem like that was fine because, good. I mean, Anthony K has to get out there and, and get some more uh, seasoning before we know if he's going to be the right guy uh, to be able to come in in higher leverage situations. He's got to get good in lower lever, lower leverage situations at least, right, before you give him that shot. Anyway, uh, the Cubs won 17-3, and that's all I'm going to talk about. No, I'm kidding. Uh, now, let's get into the Cubs offense. Early on, uh, the offense was not too hot, making the ghost of Patrick Corbin look like the living Patrick Corbin. Uh, Horner popped out. Uh, Hap struck out. Cody Bellinger struck out. Uh, the only good thing that happened in that first inning was Saya got his first four hits on the night. But it doesn't matter when you only... You know, when he gets a single and nobody else around him, all the big boppers do nothing. Uh, and then in the second, one, two, three, line out, strike out, strike out. That's not the way to go. Uh, making just Patrick Corbin just looking great. Uh, and then in the third, Patrick Wisdom grounds out. Uh, Miles Master Boney, of course, right? He gets in there and he gets a single, so he's probably going to be in the lineup today. Uh, Nico Horner hits into a force out, and then Seiya Suzuki strikes out. So, again, nothing. And at this point, you know, the Cubs are already down three to nothing. Uh, then in the fourth, Hap walked. Then Cody Bellinger singled. And uh, Jan Gomes hit a sacrifice fly and scored Ian Hap, which nice get the one run get back into the game a little bit 
but then Trey Mancini grounds into a double play and the doom birds are back. You know, it's like, oh, we got guys on and, uh, you know, we got to run and here we go. Only one out. And then Trey Mancini just kills that for us. And then in the fifth, uh, again, another one, two, three inning for Patrick Corbin. And it's just like, man, what is going on? You know, uh, we're, we're just going to get killed by Patrick Corbin all night. He's just going to continue this. Well, that is not what happened because in the six, right after, uh, like I said, it was a, a good call by Ross to bring in Fulmer to hold that and not let them score. Seiya Suzuki gets a hold of one. And I mean, crush the ball. I believe it made it out onto Waveland. It might not have quite, I, I think it did, but it might not have quite made it. But it was uh, all the way in the top levels of the left field bleachers. And uh, it was so good to see that because, you know, look, we need Suzuki to just hit more power, right? Yeah. Uh, and then Hap followed that up with a single and then he stole second base which is great cody bellinger singles hap scores and all of a sudden the score is three three it's a tie ball game you know so wow now we're okay now we're starting to feel it a little bit jan gomes gets hit by a pitch now we got guys at first and second and uh it feels like something's happening but then uh they bring in mike talkman to replace Trey Mancini, who grounds into a force out, which, to be fair, that's a good idea because Mancini grounded into a double play, and if Talkman's only going to get one out, then that's a bonus, right? That's, like, better than what Mancini did. So I guess that's the right decision there. No, it really is. I'd rather see Mike Talkman out there than Mancini any day, uh, especially since that means that Mancini's out of this game and they're going to move Bellinger to first, which is something that I also like. Uh, then Miguel Amaya up, uh, still had two guys on, and he strikes out and uh, on a high fastball. Eh, kind of looked bad. But, hey, Cubs tied it up, but then they squandered the rest of their opportunities. And, again... Who don't know what we're getting with this Cubs team. Just kind of like at this point, like it's great that they got tied. Hopefully they can get it all together. They did get Patrick Corbin out of this game in the sixth inning because uh, Corbin was destroying us. Uh, they replaced him with Amos Willingham. And uh, Amos Willingham, you know, got the last few outs and didn't give anything up. So... You're just kind of like, oh, now now what's going to happen with this kid? Well, I'll tell you what happened with this kid. Uh, Willingham, I think this is like his seventh appearance in the big leagues. Uh, it's the first time he's seen Patrick Wisdom. And Patrick Wisdom said hello with a, this ball did make it to Waveland. Well, no doubt. Just absolutely crushed a ball. Very similar to the one that, uh, that Saya hit but much more on a line and a little bit higher, maybe about four feet higher. So the one that Saya hit kind of bounced off of either the the rail or somebody's hand and maybe gets out to Waveland. I don't know. The one that Patrick Wisdom hit might have hit a building on the first floor on the other side of the street. 
Not sure. He hit that one hard. That put the Cubs up 4-2-3. They took their their first lead uh, at this moment. And then uh, cue Beyonce. Because it's time for the single ladies, baby. Uh, Cubs just, from this point on, Cubs singled the Nats to death. It's that, uh, I saw that meme go around last night on over on the Rancher Discord page with uh, the Looney Tunes and the, the players are just running, just going around in a conga line onto you know, first, second, third, back home. That's what it was last night with singles. It was crazy. There were a couple of doubles, a couple of different, you know, some walks thrown in there. But man, it was just, I loved it because there's nothing more fun than to just see guys hit the ball, other guys running, uh, guys on the other team trying to make plays. It's exciting. That's exciting baseball. Home runs, trust me. I loved the home runs, but they're you know they don't create the same amount of action as the singles do. So it's four three, and Master Boney singles, then Nico Horner singles, and then Seiya Suzuki singles, and that scores two. Then there was a pitching change because change because you know Willingham's getting roasted out there. Uh, Jose Ferreira comes in, and Ian Happ immediately hits a double. Scoring another run, and the Cubs are suddenly up six to three in literally just the two innings the sixth inning and the seventh inning. They went from down by three to up by three. And I mean, you just love it, it's exciting, but we're not done. That was just the beginning. The Cubs can continued to score, uh, throughout the rest of this game, but. Uh, Cody Bellinger did reach on a, a fielder's choice. The Nats actually went after Seiya Suzuki so that he could not score. Um, but then they intentionally walked Jan Gomes, which, yeah, Jan Gomes is having a good season. It's That was kind of surprising. But then um, it seemed to work out because they got to Mike Talkman, who grounded out. But that did allow Ian Happ to score. Then with two outs in the inning, uh, Miguel Amaya came up as the ninth batter, which is a full round, but they did not bat around. And they should have, except for Miguel Amaya singled, drove in two runs, but then for whatever reason, he ran into that third out. He was, he had a single to stay there, let Patrick Wisdom, who just absolutely murdered a ball come up and see what happens but instead amaya goes for second and they threw him out fairly easily trying to get over to second on that play when he could have probably just stayed there uh instead you know let that pitcher off the hook i'm sure fairer was super happy about you know that sort of toot bland dumb play in the eighth inning uh fair got to sit on the bench he didn't have to go back out there and i'm sure he's happy about that who wasn't happy is paulo espino paulo espino enters the game for the nationals and he walks patrick wisdom then eight all the single leaders uh miles master bony singles 
Nico Horner singles, Seiya Suzuki singles, Jared Young strikes out, Cody Bellinger walks, Jan Gomes singles, Mike Talkman singles, Miguel Amaya singles, Patrick Wisdom singles. There's they that was all on Paolo Espino. It was brutal to watch. Like you know, it's the the Simpsons meme. It's like he's already dead. Espino gave up seven singles and two walks for six runs while he was out there. Yeah. Ooh. Man, it was it was great to watch the Cubs just rounding them bases again. But man, I I seriously felt kind of bad for Espino towards the end. I couldn't believe they just kept making him pitch. He threw 36 pitches and only got one out. Man, ooh. And it, it just looked like batting practice out there. Nobody was like crushing it, no homers, but man, just single after single. Ooh. Fun and little painful to watch. Eventually, they did pull him, and uh, Joe Lasorsa came out. Uh, I absolutely thought that was Joe Lasorda at first. Thought it was uh, Tommy Lasorda's illegitimate love child. Still could be, uh, but he goes by Lasorsa now. Because, hey, he's illegitimate. Why would you keep that guy's name? Anyway, Joe LaSorsa comes out. He gets Miles Masterboni to ground out. Uh, unfortunately, they score again. <laughs> Mike Dockman scores on that ground out. And then back to the singles. Nico Horner hits a single. And Miguel Amaya scores. And the Cubs are now up 17-3. to Yes, they scored 14 runs. In two innings, they scored 17 runs in the three innings. And that, oh, I just wish we could see this all the time. Especially when the Cubs come out and they're immediately down by three runs. You know, it's like Cubs go down by three runs and you just feel like, oh, why am I watching this game? Well, I guess this is why we watch the game because apparently they can hit against bad teams. They can actually uh, start killing baseballs all over the place and for tonight uh this game will get going at 705 chicago standard time and we will see uh tbd face off against kyle Hendricks. Hendricks hasn't seen the nationals all that much uh cory dickerson is the most because I believe he he used to play for the Pirates and that's why uh, Hendricks has seen him a little more than everybody else. But he's got 16 at bats and he's got four hits, 250 average against Hendricks, but no home runs, which is good. The only guy who does have a home run against Hendricks is uh, Kiebert Ruiz, who has one at bat. He has one hit, and that one hit was a homer. Candelario has uh, seven at-bats, and he's hitting 286. And outside of that, nobody is doing anything. So that's good. Hopefully, uh, Hendricks gets back on track. I honestly think they need to put Amaya back out there. Good gosh, do not put Barnhart on that field tonight. That's all I ask. Let Amaya catch. If you are going to this game, Get there early. It is Ernie Banks statue bobblehead night. So if you want one of those, you better get there early. Good news is 
it is going to be in the low 80s, high 70s at game time. So that's honestly, if you're going to go stand in a line for an hour or two hours or whatever you do to get those bobbleheads, uh, at least it's going to be nice out. So I hope you get your bobblehead tonight. I hope you get in to see this game. And I hope the Cubs continue to destroy the Washington Nationals. But that's going to be it for me right now. I am out at home. Spagal! Like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby say a Morel too. Clark Fly in his W. Cody Bellinger smoking dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your strobe. Temper set up with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. Intheclutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In The Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. It is July 20th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod. I'm your host, Michael Cotton. This is a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Sports Network, bringing you all sorts of great sports podcasts. Please find us on your podcatcher and subscribe to the Bleacher Bunch and to any other Fans First Sports Network podcasts. These Cubs pods are supposed to be short, and I'm going to do my very best to try and keep this one short uh, because we just haven't done that in a while. But let's see what we got. So we had uh, Kyle Hendricks pitching to the worst catcher on this team and maybe the worst player on this team. And prior to last night, it has not gone well. For Kyle, uh, he's a much better pitcher with other catchers. But apparently they got on track last night, and uh, Kyle actually looked really good throwing to Tucker Barnhart. I mean, they are playing one of the worst teams in the league. So, I mean, he should look good against this team. But, hey, we've seen it not work before, so... We were just crossing our fingers and hoping for the best, and we got it. Hendo went one, two, three in the first. And then uh, Mike Talkman came up leading off the game with a home run. Mike Talkman does not hit a lot of home runs. It's only his fourth, but he crushed this ball and put the Cubs up 
one to nothing early. A couple of singles and a walk after that loaded the bases, but the Cubs did not score again. And that seemed like it could be an issue when the Nationals came back and scored in the second inning. Nobody really hit the ball great off of Kyle Hendricks, uh, but there were some bloop singles, things bouncing around, and the Nats were able to put across a run. In fact, the RBI hit, uh, it was a hit, but it was literally, dude, just smashed the ball into the ground. It popped up in the air really high and just, I mean, there was nothing to do. You could not get to the ball fast enough to uh, throw anybody out. And because it hit the ground first and bounced, there's no force out. It's So that's how they scored their one run against Kyle Hendricks. The Cubs were hitting the ball around a little bit on our old friend Trevor Williams. Uh, but in normal Cubs fashion, they were leaving guys on base and just not doing a lot with the opportunities that they had. Until... The fourth inning. Now, if this team was good and if they were going anywhere and if uh, Mike Talkman was not just Mike Talkman, we would probably call this the Mike Talkman game maybe for the rest of all time. But we're not going to do that because none of it really matters. But Mike Talkman did, in fact, drive in the first three runs in this game. And in the fourth inning, he got the second RBI of the game. He shot the ball down the uh, third baseline and was able to get a double out of it. Master Boney scores. Uh, he led this inning off with a single and then moved his way around, scored on the double. Uh, Nico Horner grounded out afterwards, and it was on to the next inning. Cubs were up 2-1. to one. Or should I say, Mike Talkman was up 2-1. to one. Kyle Hendricks exits the game after the sixth inning. Uh, he only gave up five hits, one earned run, uh, had five strikeouts, he had no walks, and uh, obviously no home runs either. It was a very good performance by Kyle Hendricks, but it was time for Mark Leiter Jr. Uh, hey, I actually got it right. I didn't say Al as I normally do. Uh, Mark Leiter Jr. comes in, and he gets two outs right away, but then he hits Alex Call by a, with a pitch, which, by the way, is the same person that Kyle Hendricks hit with a pitch, which makes you wonder, hmm, what's Alex Call doing out there to get hit by pitches all the time? And then Abrams singled, and David Ross decided to make a change and brought in Julian Merriweather, who got the last out. Tucker Barnhart walked to lead off the seventh inning for the Cubs. And uh, again, here comes Mike Talkman to do Mike Talkman things, I guess. That's, you know, and, but this is the reason. This is one of the reasons that we will not be calling this a Mike Talkman game. It's because uh, Mike Talkman hit a double, just crushed a ball out right off the center field wall, hit the Ivy, bounced out. You know, very, very weak bounce out because the Ivy is not bouncy. Ask anyone who's ever jumped into it. Tucker Barnhart was able to score on the play for the third Cubs run. And uh, the Cubs would have had a guy on second base and ready for, oh, I don't know, Nico Horner, Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, guys coming up. Maybe you got you know, somebody on second base to drive in. But instead, Mike Talkman ran himself right out of the play. This is 
uh, look, the the Cubs have all these offensive numbers, right? And we keep saying, oh, they're so good on paper and they should be better. And, you know, you take the baseball out of it. Well, that's the problem. They don't seem to understand the baseball of it. Why did he feel like he should be running from second? Like, just stay there. Like you got, you're the leadoff guy. Your job is to be safe, not to get out there and try and stretch a double into a triple in this moment. Like, just stay where you're at. You you drove in the run, get in position, let somebody drive you in. Now, I understand how this team doesn't really drive people in for the most part. And he was probably thinking it's better if I'm on third because then it's just a sacrifice fly, which is something that they have been able to do once or twice. But still, it was just it was just a dumb decision. Now, Talkman did at least make it uh, interesting because he did a little bit of a swim move, but still out. The Cubs challenged this play. I have no idea why. There was nothing, nothing in any video anywhere, unless they've got like instant deep fakes in their clubhouse that would say that Talkman was safe on this. I I didn't understand that at all, Uh, but whatever. The ball beat him by quite a bit to the spot. He slid well, but still didn't have a chance. But if you're wondering how the Cubs keep racking up these amazing stats, it's stuff like that. It's a double by Talkman that gets set up. It's a double, whatever, but there's no actual runner in scoring position for anybody else. And that's how you end up losing games. They did not lose this game, but they could have used another run earlier. Horner struck out, Hap walked, and then Bellinger grounded out. And that was that inning. Julian Merriweather headed back out onto the mound for the eighth inning. Uh, He got that last out, and then David Ross sent him back out again, and the first guy he faced was Jamer Candelario, who used to be in the Cubs system. Uh, God, I think, I can't even remember. It's been so long now with all the trades. Uh, But Jamer Candelario got up there and just crushed the ball into what I can only assume was a special ticket section where everybody got a Paddington Bear hat. Score was 3-2. to two. Uh, He gets the next two guys. He rebounded well. Uh, but then Dominic Smith singled. And then Corey Dickerson singled. And then Luis Garcia singled. And oh my lord, this is what the Cubs did to the Nationals last night. Just single, 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 single. And it scored another run, and now the Cubs are tied. Washington 3, Chicago 3. Take the W off the board for Hendricks, and uh, now it's a push. It's a tie game. But it wouldn't stay that way for long, because Seiya Suzuki, who had uh, a, another really good game, is hitting well. Uh, he singled to start it off. Christopher Morrell walked, another good thing. Uh, Miles Masterboni singled on a Bunt. I'm not real sure why Miles Masterboni plays at all. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of bunts, but uh, okay. I I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but he made it. I guess nobody else expected that either, and in that way, it was a smart thing to do. Let's go with that. Good job, Miles Masterboni. You are smart for bunting right there. 
I don't know. I do kind of like bunts. They are pretty exciting, but they usually don't end all that well. Then David Ross made another good decision. The last time I talked about the game, uh, he made a good decision. And right here, he made a good decision. He realized he had Trey Mancini coming up with the bases loaded. And instead of sending Trey Mancini out there to hit into like a double player, probably a triple player, whatever the hell he's about to do that probably wasn't going to be very good, he sent Jan Gomes out to pinch hit. And apparently it was Jan Gomes' birthday. So that's nice. And for his birthday, he got us a run. He hit a sacrifice fly that scored Seiya Suzuki from third, which was, you know, that was nice. Now the Cubs are up by one. And now Merriweather, who gave up those two runs, is in line for the win because that's how baseball scoring works. Barnhart struck out swinging because he's Tucker Barnhart. Uh, Mike Talkman back again. He takes a walk. They probably pitched around him because Mike Talkman had been just destroying them that whole night. Uh, but they walked him, and then they bring in a new pitcher. Corey Abbott heads in. He's got bases loaded. It's a rough situation to come into a game, but he's up to the challenge to face Nico Horner. And Nico hit his first grand slam of his career. Yes! He blasted a home run into left field bleachers into the Paddington Bear section yet again. And this game went from a precarious one-run lead in the eighth to a five-run route. Daniel Palencia came in with a five-run cushion and locked it down with three straight outs. Cubs win. They get the meatloaf. They get the series win. And all is good. Well, almost all. There is a little issue with the pitcher wins. And look, this has been around forever. It's annoying. But I see you out there, ranters, on the Discord. And you wanted to know everybody wanted me to rant on it and i get that it seems like the perfect sort of rant for me because it's a rule that is absolutely stupid it's something that the cubs well not the cubs but baseball does because they've just always done it and it doesn't make any sense kyle hendricks pitched six innings that's two-thirds of this game he gave up one run he did everything he could to put himself in place for this win but then another pitcher uh, an inning later does something stupid and what that pitcher does uh ruins the pitcher win for kyle hendricks now this is such a thing that everybody says oh pitcher wins are just stupid well they are but they're only stupid because of how they score them they don't have to be stupid Nothing has to be the way it always is. We need to do the things that are the best for the game, the things that make sense. And let me tell you, this process of awarding pitchers wins in this way, has it's like at least like 70 some years old. I don't know. I maybe Maybe that's a subject for a rabbit hole someday is to figure out why there's pitcher wins. I know that... The whole hits, errors, walks, batting average, all that stuff, uh, and scoring and stuff like that, that was created in like 
the 1800s or the early, like right around 1900 by a dude named Chadwick. And while, you know, tradition is great, if something isn't working, let's just change it. Because obviously baseball does not care at all in any way about changing things. They'll change things all the time. They'll make stupid universal rules when the rule we had for 50 years was actually really interesting and making things work well. And in an era when pitching has changed so much, why not change the stats? It doesn't make any sense. So back in the day, these guys pitched complete games all the time, all the time. They just didn't, they never had, they'd never had to come out of a game unless like they were literally injured or whatever. They threw a stat up there for, um, Joe DiMaggio's 56 game hitting streak. He only saw 58 pitchers in that amount of time. That's insane. He had 56 games that he only saw 58 different pitchers. You'll see 58 pitchers in one game until they changed the rule that made pitchers absolutely have to see three batters. So, you know, hey, why not just change the rules? Also, the way that that works is like, Nobody, no pitcher will ever get to like 300 wins. The last one, I think, was Greg Maddox. I think that's the last 300 win pitcher that there ever was. Or maybe it was uh, Roger Clemens, one or the other. And one of those is different than the other, by the way. And, you know, so nobody's ever going to get there unless we change the rules to make it reflect the times. So it is stupid. It's dumb that Kyle Hendricks doesn't get a win here. And it's dumb that everybody knows that it's dumb. And yet we keep doing it. Same way, you know, while I'm at it, and uh, probably the reason everybody wanted me to rant about this a little bit was because they know how I feel about that game seven Chicago Cubs World Series victory, not having Miguel Montero being credited with having the game-winning run because these old-ass rules that say Ben Zobras had the game-winning hit when that's patently not true. It isn't. Ben Zobras had the go-ahead hit, but not the game-winning hit. The game-winning hit was Miguel Montero because if he hadn't done that, the game is at best tied for another inning. And instead, the Cubs come through for their first championship in 108 years. It was one of the great moments of my life, of your life, all of us. And yet, they are going to go down in history screaming that Ben Zobrist got the game-winning hit when that's not true. And it's the same with this game. There is no way in hell that Merriweather, who blew the lead, absolutely blew the lead. It was his fault. He ends up getting the win. Like, what are you doing? He was the worst pitcher on the Cubs for this game, and he's the guy that ends up getting the win because he also blew it? What kind of sense does that make? And in an era when we're just doing stupid stuff all the time, let's do something smart and change the rules on how we score these things. A lot of times people talk about the unwritten rules. Well, I feel like there's only one true unwritten rule, and that is don't do the thing that makes the most sense. But that's it. 
playing to the fans on that one had to you know ranchers you wanted a rant i gave you a little bit of one i hope that was enough did keep it a pg because this is what we do on this version of the podcast but you know hey my wife says i need to get my point across more often without using some of those words so it's good practice for me and i was about to wrap this thing up and realized oh my god i haven't even done the preview yet see this is the problem you get me out on this rant you get me going i'm trying to keep this thing short and instead you know people want these rants and it makes things go longer and i gotta come <sighs> whatever you're getting 20 minute podcasts forever because i i unless i write this all out which i which i have done i have given you people eight minute podcasts before about the game and for some reason I just can't seem to do it now. I, uh. and then of course, you know, it's this game coming up tonight at seven Oh five Chicago standard time is uh Marcus Stroman going up against Steven Matz, who I don't even think I realized he was on the Cardinals. Stroman has seen these Cardinals a lot. They are uh, a ton of them are in the double digits against him. We got Nolan Arenado with 23 at-bats. He's hitting 217. Uh, I can only imagine his, his name is Tucker Carlson. Uh, he's got 10 at-bats, and he's got he's hitting 200. Uh, Wilson Contreras, 8 at-bats. One of the, the least amount of at-bats against uh, Mark, Marcus Stroman. And uh, he's hitting 500. He's got 4 hits and 8 tries. DeJong. 0.077 in 13 at bats but that 0.077 the reason he has a 0.077 is because he hit a home run against marcus stroman and that's not great uh donovan has a 357 average let's get into goldschmidt has seen marcus stroman 24 times he has three home runs he's hitting 375 that is not a good matchup gorman's hitting 294 in 17 at bats and he's got two home runs so this is going to be a tough night for marcus stroman but i think he's up for it and i think uh, stroman's going to have a good night because stroman's a really good pitcher and i have confidence that he's going to shut this cardinals team down Unfortunately, the Cubs are not great against Steven Matz. Very few of them have seen him very much, and the guys who have seen him uh, aren't necessarily hitting all that great. Uh, Bellinger is hitting 286 in seven at bats, and he does have a homer. Gomes has a homer, but he's only hitting 214 in 14 tries. Uh, Mancini, 182, not surprising. Morell is hitting 1,000. But he's only seen him one time. He's only had one chance and he got a hit. Outside of that, it's all bad. Horner is hitting 500, I guess. One hit and two tries. But yeah, everybody else zeros, man. So I don't have confidence in the offense to continue scoring runs as they have in the last two nights. I mean, if you think about it, the Cubs scored, what, 25 runs in the last two nights? And now Marcus Stroman comes up and you know, you know, they're going to get like one run or shut out or something stupid. And Marcus Stroman is going to get a pitcher loss, even though it's, you know, he's probably going to end up, you know, giving up one run. This is going to be frustrating. I'm not looking forward to this. 
the Cardinals are terrible, but I have no confidence in the Cubs offense to help Stroman out. And to make it worse, my niece is coming into town tonight and she's a Cardinals fan. I know she's a Cardinals fan. I, I, I've done my best, but I'm not her father. What am I going to do? It, he's the dudes from St. Louis. That that's that's on my sister. You got to blame her for that. That's not on me. I've done my best, but I may just sit and watch this game with my niece tonight, and I hope that uh, I get to bug her versus her bugging me. But that's it. Uh, it's time for this show to be over. I've just crossed the twenty-two minute mark, and that annoys me to no end. I'm out at home. Spagog. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today.